Welcome to the How to Survive a Horror Movie Podcast, where we learn how to survive horror movies and maybe how to survive life. I'm your host, Ryan Stacy, and this week we're looking at a good movie, for once. Uh, we're looking at 1987's A Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors. In my opinion, the second best movie in the Nightmare on Elm Street series, just after the original, and almost as good. I'm joined by the guy who's... Up to this point, been the Nightmare on Elm Street correspondent. We'll see if that continues or not. Josh Wessler. Josh, how you doing? It's been 84 years since I've been on this podcast. It's been a while. Thanks for finally bringing me back. You're welcome. I'll take that as a, a lesson, not to be as bad. Mm, yes, please do. Mm, mm. Doing good, doing good. I, I felt worse after uh, Nightmare movies before, so... That's fair. Yeah. I mean, we did watch Nightmare on Elm Street 2, so... Yeah, and this was not two. This was three. <laughs> so, did you like the movie? I did. Uh, best of the series so far. Okay. And for those who did not listen to either the first two, I think I put number one as my favorite, number two as my least favorite, and I'm going to put three ahead of one now. And okay. I haven't seen any other movies in the series, so. Okay. Well, we'll see who if, knows yeah. what will happen. We'll see if you're going to keep going with them. But I think it is a really good movie. I think it's worth your time. Uh, if you like the original, this one's 100% worth checking out. Yeah, I guess I would recommend that you watch and then come listen to the podcast versus any other order that you might choose. Yeah, this one's definitely worth your time. It's a, it's a fun movie. There's some great effects, some great kills, some good characters. Yeah, some good characters. Some good characters. Which is rare for the, yeah. for the series so a far. A slasher sequel with good characters? What is going on? <sighs> they they had to they had to improve off the second one, so yeah. they went all out. But you can tell they, they they put some work into this. They tried. They didn't just make a cash grab. They they made a no, movie. No, like you could tell there's a little bit of production. Yes, which is it's nice. It's nice to see. It's refreshing mm-hmm. and horror, <laughs> especially for what eighty seven. You said. Uh, yes, it's nineteen eighty seven. Eighty seven. Yeah. So with this podcast, what we're trying to do is create a master list of rules to survive any and all horror movies, and you can see the current list of rules on our Twitter account at How to Horror, where we have thirty nine rules on how to survive horror movies. And we're going to be going through the plot of this movie, beat by beat, character decision by character decision, to see if we need to add any new rules to the list. And this is kind of a different sort of movie, so I wouldn't be surprised to see a new rule on here. Mm. I think it's possible. I don't know what that would be yet. A little teaser teaser here. Um, I I think there will probably be a new rule. Yeah, let's see if I can talk you out of it. I don't know why I would, Uh, but yeah, stay tuned. But uh, we might be getting up to rule 40 here, and this might be the big one. Um, Yep, but you have to listen to the entire thing, otherwise you won't be able to hear it. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> them's the rules them's the rules we gotta follow the rules so yes uh, so we're gonna be spoiling the entire plot of this movie so like we said go check this one out and uh, join us to see if we need to add any new rules on surviving horror movies because you never know when you're gonna run into a dream demon it, it could be tonight could be tonight and this could save your life josh anything else i'm good all right let's get into a nightmare on elm street 3 dream warriors so the movie begins with our a new character named Kristen, who is a teenage girl who's having nightmares yep yep she seems nice. She's blonde. She's blonde. She's played by Patricia Arquette. Let's let's paint the picture here. She's yep. blonde. Yep. White. Yep. Teenage. Yep. Having nightmares. All right. We're got her bases <laughs> And that's covered. about it. <laughs> that's about all we had for her. But she is trying to stay awake. She's been having these nightmares. She's making a paper mache house. And it's actually of the house from the, the first two movies. The house that both Nancy and Jesse lived in. But she has been blasting music. She's like eating sugar and drinking caffeine. Just trying to do anything to stay awake. 
Because she, rule number one, she's already know she's in a horror movie. We, we're open up and we're in the horror movie already. Good for her. She's been having dreams about Freddy. She's aware she doesn't want to sleep because she's scared of what will happen in her dream. Mm-hmm. Boom. Great. In fact, all of the teenage characters in this movie are already in the horror movie, which is awesome. Yeah, the second that you get put into a like a mental institution, whatever whatever kind it is or how extreme it is, yeah, you might know. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll get into more of that in just a second once we actually get there. But her mom comes in and shuts down the music, sends her to bed, and Kristen falls asleep, unfortunately. And she's at the Elm Street house, which is now spooky for some reason. Don't really know why, but we're going with it. Yeah. And uh, the jump rope kids are outside singing the Freddy Krueger song, One, Two, Freddy is Coming For You. Good stuff. You're definitely in a horror movie. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Don't go in the house, Kristen. <laughs> Even if it's hard to recognize. Now, I want to cut people a little bit of slack because it's a little bit unclear. Like, because when you, sometimes when you're dreaming, you don't really know you're dreaming. Very true. So, you know, this is her reality for her right now. So she finds this little girl who goes into this house. She's like, no, don't go in there. I will come save you and get you out of this house. Also a fair point. Yeah, I, I agree. That's a very kind thing of her to do. Rule 30, don't be a good Samaritan. <laughs> and I know you just met her, but no one to cut ties. <laughs> yeah, for real. Rule 35, you probably no don't have ties. many ties with her, but... <laughs> yeah, I mean... It's very nice to save little kids from creepy houses and dream killers. That's a nice thing to do. Do you want to live or not, though? <laughs> to be fair, you don't know that there's nece- necessarily a killer in there. Yeah, I, I guess we don't know the specifics of the dreams Kristen's been having. How familiar is she with Freddy yet? We don't know. We never find out. But she goes into this house. She goes down to the basement, of course. She finds the kid, and she tries to escape with the little girl, and she finds like a room full of bodies. She gets stuck in goo and is running in place, and Freddy's coming up to get her. Classic dream sequence that we all have. All dream sequence stuff. And then she looks down, and the little girl's transformed into a skeleton. A spoopy skeleton. <laughs> you tried. <laughs> you tried. But then she she wakes up back in her, her bedroom. And again, with these dream sequences, it's hard to say what they should do, because Freddy has such complete control over it. Let's just set up a couple of go-to dream rules. Yes. Like disclaimers, or? Like, what what is the go-to move? You wake up in the dream... You gotta realize it's a dream. It, that and, and that's a thing in its in itself because until these people get more experienced with their dreams, it usually takes a while for them to notice that they're actually in a dream. Yeah. And that's the tricky part. But And usually that's when it's too late. If you can try and like teach yourself these moves, grab a weapon, lock and load. Rule number five is lock and load, and just move very carefully. Rule number two, constant vigilance. Keep your head on a swivel, look around. You know, just just don't do don't stuff. stay to confined spaces. Yep. Don't stay like on walls. Yep. Don't go in the creepy house. You don't go in a creepy house. Walk yeah. Go outside. Outside is good. Yeah. Outside is good. You got. There's no such thing as a shelter in these movies. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, rule number eight is don't leave your shelter. And when you're in the dream, there isn't a shelter. No. So throw that rule out the window. Go outside. You're safer outside. Because fun fact, I actually had a Freddy dream one time. Oh God. Yeah. So I, oh. I had a dream. I was running around. You know, the house I was at. And Freddy was trying to kill me. Who knows? Maybe it, <laughs> Freddy's real. Uh, he didn't get me. He threw me off a roof. But I lived. Huh. And then, then I woke up. So did you become lucid in this dream? Uh, no, I didn't. I didn't. So you didn't, you didn't realize that well, it was a dream while I, you were in it. I, it didn't occur to me that it was a dream, but I, I knew I recognized Freddy. I'm like, oh shit, Freddy Krueger's trying to kill me, and it didn't like click that it was a dream. It was just it's like, like Freddy Krueger in the real world. What's going on? Yeah, yeah. It was, it was more like that. I thought I was in the real world with Freddy in the real world, yep. and so it didn't occur to me. But he did throw me off a roof, but I lived. So hmm. very proud of that fact. Good job. Uh, I survived Freddy. <laughs> sure. <laughs> this time. This time. So yeah, just good rules of thumb in, in nightmare situations. If you can try and realize you're in a dream, and then you know, 
bring in some reality by grabbing a weapon, you know, try and keep it grounded because if it goes off the rails into inception territory, I mean, good luck. Mm-hmm. These, these are your tough ones to survive. These are very tough to survive. So well, we're going to do our best. We're going to do our best. So Kristen wakes up and goes to the bathroom and her faucets come to life. Kristen, you're still in a horror movie. Inception. <laughs> dream within a dream. A dream within a dream. And the faucets are like Freddy gloves and they, they hold her in place. And basically, Freddy is staging this to look like a suicide attempt. So he slits her wrist. Her mom walks in and it looks like she slit her own wrist. It looked like a suicide attempt. So I she, mean, she's holding a blade. She's holding a blade. It is always kind of weird how things look in the real world compared to what Freddy does. It's a little inconsistent throughout the series on how, like... Yeah, I, I, I wrote something down about that, but we'll get to that. Yeah, and I don't really mind so much because this is such a weird series, but it is interesting to know that there isn't a consistent rule here. And, and I think that's the toughest thing is that with these inconsistencies, you have to you have to flex the rules a little bit just to, to work with each movie individually. Yeah. Because Freddy kind of warps reality. And, you know, once once we're breaking the laws of physics and stuff, I mean, there's only yeah. so much we can do here. But, yeah, Kristen passes out from blood loss. So we cut to, we are at Weston Hills, like, mental hospital. Kind of an insane asylum. Used to be an insane asylum back in the day. Now it's just more of a medical treatment Yeah, it's not, it's not like a, you're screwed, like, insane asylum. Yeah. It's a, like, oh, we want to help these people. Yeah. Hospital, it's medical not facility. It's 1950s insane asylum. We're like, oh, well, rip you. You're going to die in here. Yep. It's uh, it's it's much more nice than that. There's some good people working here. Mostly nice. <laughs> Mostly nice. But even the ones who aren't nice, they are coming from a good place. Yes. Which we'll talk about the worst character. <laughs> but we meet a whole bunch of characters. There are a ton of characters at us. So we'll There's so many. Introduce them. First, we meet Doctor Gordon, who's kind of our main, he's kind of the main protagonist of the movie. Co. Yeah. Co protagonist. I think he's got the biggest arc. Out of yes, character. he does. Yes. And he is kind of in charge of this wing of kids and this whole wing is turns out they are kids who are all having nightmares about freddy and they all have this shared delusion they call it and they're all terrified to go to sleep dr gordon is running it and he's taking care of them and he really cares about these kids he's a really good guy i like dr gordon a lot then we have max who is an orderly he works here uh he's played by lawrence fishburne morpheus from the matrix also a very nice guy then the other main staff member is dr sims who is blaming all of this on like Sex, drugs, and rock and roll, basically. She's like, oh, you guys are all having sex, and you feel guilt about it. That's why you're having these nightmares. And Max, what, oh, God, what did Max say? Yeah, uh, Dr. Gordon says, like, yeah, Dr. Sims, it's the sex, drugs, and rock and roll. And Max goes, oh, shit, that's what keeps us alive, man. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Love Max. And then we meet some of the kids. Uh, first, we meet Taryn, who is a recovering drug addict. Uh, we don't know what drug, but she's got a whole bunch of, like, injection marks on her arm. Track marks, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we get Jennifer, who is an aspiring actress, mm. um, smokes a lot of cigarettes. Uh, Philip, who is a sleepwalker, and he also makes marionette puppets in his spare time. And then we meet Kincaid, who is currently in the solitary room. He gets put there a lot. He's kind of loud and rambunctious. Spoiler alert, he bucks the trend. Kincaid is black, and he survives this movie. <laughs> it's, you know, throwing that... Good for him. Good for him, breaking the stereotype. Kincaid is my favorite character, because he's, he's kind of the comic relief. He's really funny. Mm-hmm. He doesn't give a shit and is just the best. And and he's like a, a boisterous funny. Yeah, yeah, boisterous funny. Like, yeah, he's great. He's definitely my favorite. And they're kind of talking about this new grad student coming to work here who's been like a superstar in the field of dreams and stuff. And Dr. Gordon's not like thrilled about it. He's like, ah, eh, we don't need this new hot shot here. I like that they didn't reveal it right away. Yeah. That's kind of cool way to do it. Yeah, it was a, it was a nice setup. 
anybody who's working at a mental hospital with, you know, parent, uh, and we see over the course of the movie, sometimes these, these patients have violent outbursts, especially Kincaid, but it's, you know, Kristen too. Mm-hmm. You're all in a horror movie. All of you. Every time that you go to work. Yep. So there's really no excuses for any of these characters that we've met so far. Mm-hmm. Like the only character who doesn't know they're in a horror movie from this point is Donald, uh, Nancy's father. Mm-hmm. And he, he doesn't show up till the end. So Kristen gets brought in, and she's having a meltdown because she's refusing to be sedated. Good for her. Yep. That's totally fair. And so she gets violent. She's fighting the orderlies. She kicks Neil. She slices open Max's arm. Rule number five, lock and load. She grabs a scalpel and uses it. These people, you know, they have the best intentions, but if they have her way, she's going to die. Yeah, if they're going to try to bring you face-to-face with the person that's trying to kill you, they're just as dangerous as him. Yeah, you know, great intention people can do a lot of harm. I love Kristen for fighting back like this. It's mm-hmm. great. But Nancy Thompson, the OG survivor for the first movie, the winner of the Randy Meeks Merit Badge from Nightmare on Street 1, is back. Heck yeah. And she is the grad student. And she comes in, Kristen's muttering the Freddy Krueger rhyme to herself, and Nancy knows the lyrics as well and like kind of calms her down, gets the scalp out of her hand. Basically gives her a hug. It's, it's all going to be okay kind of thing. It's, it's a really great moment. And it's a, it's a nice intro, a reintroduction to Nancy. Mm-hmm. So we get Dr. Gordon and Nancy talking. We kind of get the backstory on all these kids. Uh, you know, they all see this boogeyman they're talking about. And they talk about this one kid that, that died like a month previously who cut off his own eyelids to stay awake. That's intense. Yep. Wow. I mean, wow. I don't even know what to say about that. I mean, you could uh, you could still fall asleep with your eyes open can't you i don't know man. i don't even like, i'm trying i'm trying to like think of it just like i i i can't like like that's gonna mess also you your up. eyes are gonna just get dried out so yeah that's that's a problem in itself that's yeah that's that's not the solution we want here folks yes we find a different way because even if you survive this by cutting out your eyes open you're not gonna live that long you're gonna go completely insane yeah so don't cut your eyelids off, folks. We're, we're trying for living in the long term yeah, here. Yeah. When we're done, we're, when we're all said and done, we want to have a life worth living. Yeah. Yes. That's that, very key. That is, that is good to know, not just for this movie, but yeah, for all, all any movie. So there's like a point where it's like, okay, that's too far. Not worth it anymore. Yeah. Cutting off your eyelids, I think, is one of those. Like, you know what? going to call it. Guess I'll <laughs> die. <laughs> so she actually drops her purse. And Neil sees she's taking a drug called Hypnosil, which will be important over the series. Let's come back again. Oh, ah, okay. Key, key component of the series, which I really like. But basically, it's a dream suppressant. So Nancy has been taking it ever since Friday, and so she doesn't dream. That's this, how she's still alive. So this is the solution. Hypnosil. Yeah. Everybody we, take Hypnosil. I was going to say, we could just... <laughs> you could skip this entire movie. Basically, yeah. just like, hey, even if like you don't know the side effects of this drug, I'm not dead <laughs> Unfortunately, the problem she's going to run into is nobody else is going to get on board with this because we're going to find out this is a very experimental drug. It hasn't been approved by the FDA or anything. The one thing that I have an issue with is that they don't really go into how she got it. Mm-hmm. If it's experimental, not approved or anything. Maybe she worked on it. Maybe I mean, that's I mean maybe she did. But if you can get people to consent to it and sign up for it to be the testers for it, that should be all that's needed. I, I know there's other stuff that goes into it, but that should be... You walk in, that's step number one. Yeah. That is the first thing that you do. Yeah. Um, and I, I think it makes enough sense why they can't get it right away. A lot of the doctors are like, no, we're not going to give them an experimental drug. These kids are think, on edge as it is. Mm-hmm. I think it makes enough sense, but as soon as these kids are 18, they need to get their hands on this. Yeah, and I guess I'm, I'm more faulting Nancy than anyone sure. uh, to make more of a push for it. Yeah, and that's fair. I guess they probably figured, like, well, if she pushes too hard and gets her way, I have the movie's over. 
Well, that's very true. Yep. We're not working in the confines of yes. trying to get the movie to be there. Yeah, we're trying to survive this <laughs> we're movie. We're trying to stop the movie. So, yeah, so I, I guess Nancy does give up a little too easily on it. Mm-hmm. So, Rule 17 is never give up the next thing you try on my work. She gives up a little too bit easily on the, yep. on the hypnosil front. Dr. Gordon notices a creepy nun watching him. Just setting that up, but she she vanishes. <laughs> There's that. So Max gives Nancy the tour of the place. It's established Philip and Kincaid are roommates. Then we meet another character named Joey, and Joey has been so traumatized by this that he doesn't speak anymore. He can't, you know, can't or won't. It's a little unclear, but he doesn't talk. Mm-hmm. And he has a crush on this nurse, Marcy. There's a very hot nurse that Joey's got a crush on named Marcy. So Nancy interviews Kristen's mom, who just thinks Kristen wants attention. That's a nice mom she's got there. Yeah. I mean, you, you can't really falter too much, but be a little more understanding. At least work with the people who are trying to help your daughter. Yeah. She's so disinterested in like any of this. She's like, whatever. I mean, I, I think she's very disinterested in having a child. Yeah. I get that vibe, too. But, you know, we're going to find out. she She's probably messed up because she helped burn Freddy Krueger alive. Yeah. So... Who knows? I'd be, I'd be interested to know more about like the parents. Parent of, backstory. Yeah, I, I'd actually really like Nightmare. the parent backstory for like all the parents on Elm Street and just kind of see what happened to their relationships after. Next Nightmare movie, it needs to be the parents. Yeah, you could just do like a mini series like yeah. after Elm Street or something like that. Yeah, I think that'd be interesting. I mean, you could just. Have, I was just thinking, just like one movie that's yeah. just like this is going back to when it happened. Yeah, I'd watch it. So Nancy goes upstairs to get Kristen's things and finds the model of her old house. So that's weird. Kristen, meanwhile, is drawing the house and, and falls asleep. And a tricycle rolls into the room with blood on its wheels and starts melting. Kristen, you're in a horror movie. Yep. So she, she goes out and pokes her head in the hallway and finds herself back in the Nightmare on Elm Street house. Again. Still in a horror movie. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Something is in the floor and in the walls and it's eventually revealed to be a giant Freddy snake. This is weird. I love it. It looks great. Sure it does. Yes, it looks very great. I love it. It looks like something. Uh, so yeah, this giant Freddy Krueger snake starts eating Kristen, and she calls out Nancy's name. And all of a sudden, Nancy's in the dream, and Kristen's got a superpower. She can bring people into her dreams with her. Yeah, and I wasn't sure what this was right away until it was explained a little bit more by Nancy, because I thought Nancy, since she had only been like just introduced to the movie, I thought this was Nancy who had like the powers, mm-hmm. and she had like trained or something to go into other people's dreams at will. So I thought like she made the connection like through the house or something like that. And then like made herself like fall asleep to go try and help her. Sure. And I'm just like, wow, you're going into it. Wow. Bold move. But nope. Kristen pulls her in. Yep. Sucks um, to suck, Nancy. And she does it by accident because Kristen's had this power for a long time, but she kind of forgot she had it. Mm-hmm. She hasn't used it. She was, she was a little kid and she used to bring her dad into her dreams, but hasn't needed it. Mm-hmm. since then and now she brought nancy in so she's established she's got this ability and nancy immediately locks and loads grabs a piece of a broken mirror and stabs freddie in the eye with it mm-hmm. it's awesome and then the two of them escape and Kristen wakes them up and importantly too is the snake looks right at nancy and basically says like you and it's like oh shit damn it <laughs> here oh. we go again oh no because yeah apparently the hypnosil doesn't save you from being pulled into somebody else's nope. dream so that's the downside. Freddy's like, ah, haven't seen you in a while. Ah, not you again. <laughs> My old friend. <laughs> My worst enemy. <laughs> so they, they have group therapy the next day. And we meet our final character we haven't met yet. A guy named Will, who's a huge nerd. Likes um, this game called Wizard Master, which is basically Dungeons and Dragons. And he's also in a wheelchair mm-hmm. because he attempted suicide. Or possibly fell from a dream. A little unclear. But he's in a wheelchair, paralyzed from the waist down. 
they all kind of talk about Freddy, but Dr. Sims just shuts it all down. She's like, no, it's, you're all just feel guilt because of sex. Kincaid's like, great. Now it's my dick that's killing me. <laughs> Thanks, Kincaid. <laughs> Dr. Sims is just the worst. Yeah. She's so bad. I mean, and, it, and it's so tough to, like, fault her. But, like, try a little harder. Mm-hmm. Like, I know this is very obscure, and there's no reason to believe it, yeah. but try. Yeah, yeah, a little bit of empathy. Yeah. Empathy goes a long way. Try seeing it from their perspective. It's crazy. Well, clearly what you're doing, Dr. Sims, isn't working. Just try something new. I mean, even if you don't believe it, at least maybe you can gain their trust and connect with them. Yeah, yeah. You know, at the very least. And somebody who's in a vulnerable position like that, if you if you talk to them and, and at least tell them you believe them, you might get them to open up and you can maybe find out if there's another problem going on. You know, it's it's a good method to try. It's just more being a therapist instead yeah. of a whatever. She's you like are. an authoritarian. Yeah, she's like be better. She's like a, she's like a, a a nun at a, a private school where yeah. she's like gonna slap you with the ruler. It's like yeah, come on, a little bit of kindness, a little bit of love and compassion yeah. here, folks. So that night, Will, Joey, and Taryn they're playing the Wizard Master game, and Max shuts the game down. You guys got to go to bed. Will and Joey are roommates, and Joey agrees to do the first watch. Will's gonna get some sleep while Joey keeps watching. We'll wake him up if anything bad happens. So. You know, these kids are fighting back. They're, they're defending yeah. themselves. Yeah, and they have this all kind of like as a secret, mm-hmm. just just like with them. So good for them for kind of knowing that, yeah, we're still not safe. <laughs> yep. They, they haven't given up yet, which is great. Mm-hmm. They're holding it off for as long as they can, basically, until something changes. Yeah, and I'm assuming that their, uh, their method here is to allow each other to sleep for just a little bit, but not to fall into the deep sleep yeah. where Freddy could get you. Exactly. It's a good, good plan. Yeah. That way you don't die of sleep deprivation. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Nancy and Dr. Gordon, they go out to dinner, and Nancy tries to convince Dr. Gordon to get all the kids on hypnosil, but he's like, no, I'm not going to give them an experimental drug. Maybe you should, though. Fair at this point. Yeah, it's fair at this point. I, I'm, I'm okay with it right now. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's an untested drug. You don't want to test it on minors, especially, you know, they can't consent to it. Yeah. It's tough. Maybe uh, find the person who is doing the worst and try on just that one person. Yeah. With consent. Yes. So, Freddie possesses one of Philip's marionette puppets. And comes to life. And then takes Phillips and slices open his arms and legs to take, like, his arteries or veins out. Uh, uh, yeah, it was like, arteries, veins, tendons. Brutal. I, yeah. And turns him into a marionette. It's awful. Yeah. Oh, terrible. It's sick. But also, like, Ugh. shushes him. So silence him so Philip can't make any noise. Poor Philip. Yeah. He got fucked. And basically walks him out of the room. And Kincaid sees him sleepwalking. He sleepwalked before. Doesn't really think anything of it. And lets him go. I mean, if this has happened before, you know, aren't you supposed to just let sleepwalkers walk? Yes, but let sleepwalkers walk within a confined space. Yeah. So I would get up and kind of get him to stay in the room, yeah. close the door, basically any of that, so that he doesn't just go wandering off. Maybe hurt himself. So yeah. yeah. So maybe shut the door. Technically not Kincaid's responsibility. No, but you, you could do a little bit. It's a nice thing to do. I mean, watch his back, he'll watch yours. Yeah. They haven't established that they have any sort of friendship like Joey and Will do, so yeah. they're not really looking out for each other. That's fair. And Kincaid, later on, he's going to have an outburst that he's you know going to survive longer than all of them. So he's kind of like an outsider right now, and mm-hmm. he's going to come into the group later on. I think it is interesting for Philip because this is the first time, I believe, in the series that we see that something's happening in a dream, and then it shows them also just in in real life, and those things aren't actually happening. Mm-hmm. So you can see like them getting like, split open yep. in real life. Like we said, Freddie pulled like all of his like tendons and, and arteries and all that stuff out of his arms and legs and is walking him. But then it goes to real life and, and he's just sleepwalking. Yeah. And it's 
I think it's just a different change of pace just because it's like, oh, like how much is actually real in the dream world? Exactly. So he walks him down the hallway and this nurse isn't paying attention. The on-duty nurse doesn't see it happen. Rule number two, constant vigilance nurse. Also, do your job. Rule number three, do your damn job. Pay attention. If you're the night watch person, you gotta, especially in a especially mental, here, hospital, yeah. mental hospital, you gotta, you gotta pay attention. Biggest ones, mental hospitals and security roles. <laughs> yeah. Tisk, tisk, tisk. Somehow he walks Philip through a locked door. And this is where, like, this is all kind of confusing me. Is like, what's real in dream is not actually real in real life, but then at the same time, he goes through doors yep. and... and bleeding, Freddy's basically bleeding into reality. Sure. That's the only thing that makes any sense. But yet, like, there's still nothing that's coming out of him. Yeah. Like, it, his it, arms and legs. I, I don't know. It's 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 a little bit of Calvin Ball here. Like, there's no rules we're making up as we go along, almost. So Joey sees Philip at the top of the, 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 the tower of the building. Mm-hmm. Joey wakes everybody else up. Really thrilling sequence, I gotta say. Joey's yeah. running down the hall. He grabs, because he can't talk, he grabs, like, a lunch tray and just smash it against the doors, waking everybody up to try and do something. They're all screaming at him to, you know, don't jump, but, you know, he's... Not trying to jump. He's being dangled by Freddy. Yeah, and I mean, so at the same time, even though they're all yelling at him, like, one person doesn't go and try to help him. But if they're locked in and they can't get through this invisible door. Oh, true, yeah. Like, they're, they're locked in this area and they're, Freddy isn't using magic to get them through. Yep. So he ends up cutting the, the veins and Philip falls to his death. Rip. Philip, I have absolutely nothing. I got nothing for you. He was fucked. And that's the thing with all these kids is they are so screwed because yeah. they're in this mental hospital where they have no freedom. They can't run. They can't hide. They don't know what they're up against. Freddy's like all powerful basically and nobody's helping them. They're completely at Freddy's will. Yeah. They are screwed. He can take them all out anytime he wants and he's just taking his sweet time. Oh yeah. This could have, this could have been over a long time ago. Yeah. But Freddy, Freddy likes to enjoy himself and you know, poor Philip. Nothing he could do. Absolutely nothing. Yep. So don't mess with Freddy Krueger is what we're saying here, folks. Yeah. So the next day they have group therapy and Kristen brings up Freddy and Dr. Sims is just shuts this all down. She's like, all right, we're going to lock you all in your rooms from now on. We're going to sedate everyone at night. This seems like a great idea. Yeah, why not? And Kincaid freaks out and just tries to cause a fight and he ends up getting put in the, the quiet room overnight. Yeah, don't sedate everyone. Don't force them to confront with their nightmares. But that's exactly what she wants to do. She's like, I got to deal with this. No, don't. And Dr. Gordon finally gives in and decides we're going to give them Hypnosil. We can't get it till tomorrow, probably, maybe the day after that, but we're going to give them Hypnosil. And thinking back about it, I have nothing wrong with this. No. I mean, because it, the last time that it came up, I said that I have no issue with him kind of putting it off. This is about the time that I would expect it from uh, from like a medical professional. You're running out of options. Yeah. You know, rule number 17, the next thing you try might work. Never give up. Unfortunately, he can't get it to the next day. Yep, and then eventually it's going to get taken away from all of the kids mm-hmm. later on. Yeah, I, I like the move for Dr. Gordon. It's, it's, he's trying something new. Yep. It may, it might work. I mean, what's the worst thing that could happen there? Oh, no, they're going to die. They're going to die anyway. <laughs> like, uh, it can't get worse. No. <laughs> so Jennifer is watching TV. She's doing research. She wants to be an actress, so she's watching, you know, stuff. She's also trying to stay awake. And Max comes in to send her to bed, and she's like, please don't. Send me to bed tonight. I just I need to stay up. I can't sleep after what happened to Philip. And Max takes sympathy on her and is like, okay, I didn't see you. Bye. And I feel like all the kids should have this mentality. I'm not sure if they're told about the hypnosil. Yeah, we, we don't see them getting told about it. So I'm going to assume no. Because that'd be, I mean, 
if they do know, like, they should all just be like, nope, I'm going to try to stay up tonight. Like, yep. try the best that you can to one more day. stay the night. Like, you just have to make it one more night. Yep, exactly. But if they don't know, it's just, you know, they're trying to stay up anyway. And Jennifer is burning herself with cigarettes to try and stay awake. Yeah. It's intense. And she's done it before. Yep. You got to do what you got to do. Mm-hmm. You can't fall asleep. Whatever the cost, basically, at this point, you're... You know, there isn't really an end game at this point if they don't know about the hypnosil, but... It's just buying time. Buying yourself point. some time until something happens, and that's sometimes that's all it is. You just you gotta buy yourself a little time. The next thing you try might work. Yeah. We cut to this douchebag orderly, who we never really see again, but he offers Taryn, like, hey, let's want to get high? Because I got the keys to the medical supplies. This Taryn. was so random. It's just to establish that Taryn had a pass for drugs, and he's a huge dick to her. Oh, yeah, he's awful. But yeah. I mean, like... When you're associated with people like that or with drugs or something like that, I feel like that's not uncommon. Yeah. I feel bad for Taryn, but yeah, she's like, no, I don't do that anymore, and fuck you. Yeah, good for her. Good for her. So Jennifer is watching the Dick Cabot show, who's in interviewing uh, Zaza Gabor, and Dick Cabot transforms into Freddy, and then the TV goes out, and she's like, wait, what? What just happened? And at this point, if I see any hints of Freddy, I'm walking the other way. And she decides to go close to the TV. And, it, and it's hard to know. Yeah. Uh, it's hard to know if she can tell that it's actually him. Yeah, it's not the best quality TV. You know, it's not and like, she's not right next to it. Yeah, she's a fair distance away. But she decides to go up close to it. I think, it, you know, it might be a tough ask. It's a little hard to say, but I say rule number 11, get out. Get out of this room. Don't know how much good that she's going to do because she's actually dreaming right now. Yes, because I, th- I think the first move is to burn yourself with a cigarette again. Yes. But if you're in a dream, you probably don't really realize that uh so you don't really think about doing something like that so yes i I say that get out is probably the first thing if you see that it was something weird with the tv like seeing freddie's face if you think the tv is just kind of like going in and out it's hard to falter yeah and especially because they are all sleep deprived yeah they're not thinking straight and so i don't want to judge them too harshly because Mm -hmm. of the horrible situation they're in but technically technically we have to falter if we if we want a perfect playthrough get out but who knows if that would have saved her. Yeah. It's hard to say. Who knows? Maybe that was uh, Freddy's plan was to get her to leave the room. And then the real situation that he wants her to be in is out there. But she goes with the TV and Freddy picks her up with like robot hands that come out of the sides of the TV and says the greatest line in the history of this series. Welcome to prime time, bitch. (laughs) And shoves her face through the TV. Amazing. And rip. Rip. Amazing scene. Yeah, it was... It was pretty good. I, I mean, I I will say this was the most unexpected death. I mean, like, I, I kind of knew that she was going to die here. Yep. I didn't know that this was going to be how she died. Yep. Nah, no I one figured, I figured his, like, hand would come out of the TV and just, like, at worst, just maybe, like, get her in the face or something because she was about eye level with it. Yeah, from here on out, especially in the next movie, the, 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 the kills ramp up to, like, 11. Oh, nice. On, on insanity. They get weird. There's some weird ones in the next one. Okay. So, cool. If that intrigues you at all. Uh, mildly. Uh, I, I would say four and five have the weirdest deaths. It's just like, okay. I'm sure we're going with this. Four, sure. Yeah, four and five are the weirdest ones, I think. Six a little bit, too. Good stuff. So Jennifer's dead, and the only thing I'd say for her, maybe get out. That's a, a bit of a stretch. Honestly, she really didn't do anything wrong. No. I mean, she was trying her best. Like, yeah. just to... She was The trying. last thing you might try could work. Like. Yeah. I gave Philip like 100% did nothing wrong. I give her like a 99. 95, 99. Yeah, yeah. I give her a 99. Like I'll dock her one point yeah. out of 100, basically. Like These poor kids. <laughs> these poor kids. She had almost no chance. Yeah. And so Max finds her body. And he's going to feel like shit. 
he'll, he'll he's gonna blame himself. He's like, oh no, I, I should have put her to bed and she wouldn't die. But Max, it's not your Max. Fault, it would have happened no matter what. Yeah, poor Max. So we go to the funeral, and this creepy nun that we saw earlier, who is named Mary Helena, she talks to Doctor Gordon. Basically, it's like you need to put the unquiet spirit to rest. Okay, I mean that's very vague. <laughs> sure, lady. All right, bye. And I think he's kind of just assuming that it's like whatever is causing these problems needs to be put to rest, but yeah. that's about as far as you can go with logic at that point. Yeah, because he doesn't know anything about Freddy at this point. No. So, wrong person to go to. Maybe you should have gone to talk to Nancy, who might be like, oh, okay, I know what that means. <laughs> and after she showed up, uh, and this was the second time that he'd seen her, I started to get the feeling that I'm like, oh, is this going to be something like really, like, really weird? Like, this is Neil's dream all along? Oh. That would be cool. But yeah. It, not the case. It is weird, though, but that's not what it is. I got that feeling, yeah. though. So Neil and Nancy have dinner, and Neil is at his wit's end. He doesn't know what to do anymore. He has no answers. And Nancy's like, all right, I think you're ready for the truth. And off-screen tells him everything. Yeah. The next morning, we get unofficial group therapy. Dr. Sims is not here. It's just Nancy and Dr. Gordon and the remaining kids. And she's like, hey, I know who's coming after you. It's a guy named Freddy. Here's everything. And they're like, oh, shit. I'm like, oh, damn. She believes us and... Okay, okay, we're in. <laughs> Let's go. Let's do this. And we learned that these are, all of them are the last of the Elm Street kids. All of their parents were involved in the murder of Freddy. Yeah, that so, was a cool reveal. Yeah, so these, this is it. This I'm is just like, oh, group. okay, this is how this is all working. Yep. All your parents suck. <laughs> <laughs> all your parents killed a guy who killed a bunch of kids. So, you know, did I they, mean, yeah, did okay. they really suck? Hey, I can't fault them. I just assume that they all made a huge decision and killed this guy, which is fine yep. in circumstance but nancy's parents sucked kristen's parents sucked i'm assuming that they all generally suck yeah literally all the parents we've seen in this series have sucked yeah so they all had the right motivation but you know it they really had an were, effect on them yeah. messed them up a little bit yeah so nancy's basically wants to train them to use dream powers which is like a really cool avenue because mm -hmm. in the dream you can do whatever you want right Yep. If you figure out you're dreaming. So she's like, all right, we're going to, we're going to, you know, Kristen can bring people in her dreams so we can all go in together and we can fight this guy and you can all use dream powers, like whatever abilities you have in the dream. Use that. I love this story. It's so cool. This is awesome. Now, granted, reality ends up being a little cheesy with some of the powers. A little cheesy. I mean, it, it fits. Okay. I, th I, 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 I thought you were going to criticize this. No. Oh, uh, cool. I actually, I'm going to criticize that. It was underutilized. That's fair. I'll agree um, with that. Because, like, it fits each person's personality. Mm -hmm. And we can get into that in a bit here, but... Yeah, we'll go through all their abilities in a minute. But no, no, I like the concept. Okay. I always just thought, like, Willis in particular was very cheesy. I'm the wizard master. I liked it. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. <laughs> this is cool. Oh. I mean, it, it was the right amount of cheesy. Sure. Okay. All right. I'm really happy you said that. That, that brings... <laughs> Bring some joy to my heart. <laughs> so they try and do a group hypnosis thing, but it doesn't seem to work. And they're like, all right, we'll try again in a few minutes. And Joey wanders out of the room because he sees the hot nurse. And he goes to, like, make out with her. Cause she's or, like, yeah, do the, well, she, she kind of, like, come here, you. beckons for him, basically. Just like, come on, follow me. Uh, and, and, and I mean, like, okay, so uh, right when they woke, quote, unquote, woke up, the very first thing I thought was basically just like, oh, yeah, they're asleep. Yeah, definitely. But if, you know, something's hard to tell, you're in a dream. Now, granted, Joey's a high school teenager, right? If a really hot nurse is beckoning him over, he doesn't have the experience enough to be suspicious. This is clearly a trap. 
I don't know if I would be able to resist either. High school me, absolutely <laughs> I not. Think, I don't think I'd be able to. High school me, absolutely not. You don't have the 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 world experience to know this is probably a trap. Probably. Uh, you know, he might have deluded himself like, oh yeah, she likes me. But you know, sometimes you just gotta risk it for the biscuit. Sometimes you gotta risk it for the biscuit. You know, and if <laughs> if drop me and drop a twenty six year old me, or what a hold on, oh. I'm twenty five. I'm 25. Yeah, do, do you know your own age? I know, I forgot. I forgot how old you're, I was. You're 25. I'm 25. We're both 25. Yeah, I'm almost 26. 25-year-old dropped me in. I'm like, that's a trap. It's a trap. Nope. I mean, tempting. See, you still might but, get me. You still might get me. But I'm suspicious. You're like, I'm going to think, you're gonna you're trying to mug me, aren't you? You're going to lure me into this room, and there's a guy waiting for me who's going to knock me out and steal my wallet. That's what's going to happen. See, now that would make sense, but he's had this previous relationship with her. Yeah. Not, not like actual relationship, yeah. but like he said passing like comments, yeah. basically. So, so it's like, drop me in. I She still might get me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't blame Joey too much for this. Temptress woman. Especially considering he's like a 17-year-old kid. Yeah. What do you expect? So they're making out, getting a little steamy. And uh, then... uh, no, no, no. They're not making out yet. Well, I mean, they, they end up making out. She, she's undressing. He, he ends up undressing. She tells him to undress her. Yep. Zips it down. Pulls it off yep. slowly. Very, very we get sultry. the grand reveal. Yes. <laughs> they end up making out on this bed, and eventually it's revealed to be Freddy, which is terrible. <laughs> and he ties Joey to the bed with tongues. Magic tongues. And Joey's trapped. And then he's, he I'm hangs him above. <laughs> I mean, I have a brand new fetish now. I didn't know yep. I needed, but uh, it dangles him above a pit of fire. So Joey's now being held hostage by Freddy. Not dead. So, still worth it? Probably not. I don't know. Because the reveal is you were making out with Freddy all along. Ah, yeah, but what's on the outside is what counts in this world. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Anyway, let's go back so, to... I, I'm sorry. This is just such a ridiculous, yeah. like process yeah. like this the sequence of events was so ridiculous so the group realizes they're dreaming will can walk he also has magic powers yep he's a he's a, uh, a wizard in, in the dreams Kristen has acrobatic abilities Kincaid is super strong and Taryn is dressed as like a punk and has some switchblades yeah it's just like i have all these powers and then it goes there and she's like in my dreams i'm hot <laughs> it's like what and bad i mean granted yeah she's pretty hot yeah <laughs> but she pulls out these switchblades like okay lock and load i guess <laughs> sure i mean she locks and loads more than any of them yeah i'm i'm fine with this so the lights go out in this room the walls start closing in on them it's all he- uh the walls are start heating up so kincaid can't stop it with his super strength because his hands get burned the doors start closing in on them like they're all gonna get crushed and then Dr. Sims walks in on them all and wakes them all up. She's like, what is going on here? Why is everybody <laughs> just like, laying in the room? <laughs> everybody's asleep? What, did you guys like all do drugs or something? What's going on? Yes, yes, we did. Uh, but Joey won't wake up. He's in a coma, which ends up with Dr. Gordon and Nancy both getting fired. I mean, if you look at it from the superintendent of the hospital's perspective, it's not a great look. For It, it, it looks like you gave him this unregistered drug, yep. gave him an, an unknown dosage, had unknown side effects... And could possibly have put him in a coma. Yep. I get it. I, as much as it sucks, I, I get it. It's tough. You know, you're dealing with this crazy dream demon that nobody has any purpose or reason to believe in. I, I can't fault this guy for firing Dr. Gordon and Nancy. No. I can't at all. It sucks. It really sucks. Because Hypnosil is the solution here. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't look like it. So Dr. Gordon walks out to his car, he's getting all his stuff out, and he sees the nun, Mary Helena, watching from the tower. And he goes up there. 
And she gives us the backstory, the origin story for Freddy. And it turns out a long time ago, a nun who was working at the mental hospital was in this wing, which used to house the really violent inmates. And she accidentally got locked in there uh, over a holiday weekend and got raped like a hundred times and got pregnant. Freddy. I don't really like this. The implication that, you know, if you get raped by a maniac, your kid's going to be a maniac. Like, okay, you know, not... That's, I mean, you're I also really like having that. a man be killing people in dreams, so... Yeah. I mean, like, I get it's, what it's a stretch. For. I don't think it's aged very well, that this particular element of the story has aged that well. I mean, it depends how you look at it. I mean, if you look at it as trying to connect it as, like, maniac raping, making another maniac, yeah, um, that, that part doesn't age well. No. But I think that's just because you subconsciously just want to connect it that way. Yeah. If you look at it more as this sequence of events happened to a nun or whatever, mm-hmm. it, maybe they're looking for more of like a spiritual thing. Yeah, and this is definitely a very spiritually themed movie. There's mm-hmm. a lot of uh, like religious aspects, a very, very uh, almost Christian movie in some elements. And that, that comes some. from Wes Craven, who grew up in a very religious background, so he puts elements like that. And he wrote, or he, uh, he helped write the story for this movie, mm-hmm. so... Um, definitely see where that's coming from. And I get what they were going for. I just don't think it's aged particularly well. Mm-hmm. But, you know, whatever. So basically, she tells Neil, you got to find Freddy's corpse, and you got to bury it in hollowed ground. Holy water and stuff. Very, very Christian movie. So that's the new goal. Meanwhile, Nancy's sitting with Joey, and he carves the words, come and get him, bitch, into <laughs> Joey's chest. Classic Freddy. Oh, classic Freddy. So Neil and Nancy, the only person who knows where Freddy's body is is Nancy's dad, Donald. The sh- uh, the, he was the lieutenant uh, in the first movie. And so they go out to find him. Well, Kristen finds out that Nancy's gone. She gets violent and she starts fighting. Fair enough. Yeah, the only person who you seem to have hope in. Yep. The only person who can really help you, bring her back. Yeah. She's trying. Never give up. But Kristen ends up getting uh, sedated and put in the quiet room. So she's going to fall asleep. Yeah, there's a difference between never giving up and doing too much. She might have done too much here. She might have. Because you could just be secluded in your own room yeah. and not be sedated and not be put in any bad situations. Yeah, if she had stayed quiet, because she kind of, rule number 38, don't let yourself get taken to a secondary location. Uh, be careful what you say. Rule number nine, be careful what you say. And no, granted, very sleep deprived, not thinking clearly. Yes. But her getting put in the quiet room is the catalyst for all these events mm-hmm. because she can pull these people in. Kristen falling asleep is the most dangerous situation because it puts all of them at risk. Yep. And that's not how the movie views it, is there it's like, oh, she's going to sleep, we gotta save her. Whereas on the flip side, it's like, oh god, she could get us all killed. Mm-hmm. Like, even if we're on Hypnosil, yep. Kristen's inadvertently dangerous. Which, the movie doesn't really go into at all, but... like, it's... That'd be an interesting angle, though. So Neil and Nancy, they go find Donald, who's at a bar, he's a security guard now, drinking heavily. <laughs> as anyone would do as a security guard. And he's in so much denial. She's like, hey, we gotta deal, we got a Freddy problem again. He's like, oh... Freddy's dead. I remember you had trouble accepting that back in the day. It's like, no, you fucker. He was back. <laughs> it's not me who has trouble accepting. It's you. <laughs> so, Donald. Rule number 21. Learn from past events, Donald. He's back. He's yeah. back. He, you know, dream demon. Yep. So, he refuses to help. And they get a, a call. Nancy and Neil get a call on their beeper. I didn't know they had beepers in the 80s. I guess I thought that was 90s technology. But whatever. Uh, I think that, yeah, I think that's when it started was 80s. I have no idea. No way I, of knowing. I don't either. We're the young bucks here. Yeah. This is before my time. But Taryn calls them and says, hey, they're putting Nancy to sleep. We need help now. And so they split up, gang. Let's split up and look for clues. Which, I don't know if this is the best call. Rule number 19 is don't split up, gang. 
Josh, what are your thoughts on this? I'm okay with it, just because, and I think they 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 talked out basically my feelings on it. Is they had a conversation between the two of them saying we need to go to the hospital and help these people out. Okay, but if we don't go and bury Freddie, it's not going to matter in the in the end. Yeah. Basically, they're both doing their own strengths and going on their own separate mission to try to try to help finish this this thing off. Nancy has to go to the hospital to try to help out in dreams to try to just basically delay the inevitable mm-hmm. as long as possible. Whereas Neil has to go and try to find Freddy's body yep. and, and bury it. And I think that's okay for him to do because he's not much help in dreams. And I, I, I think it's more the opposite. I think Nancy should go with Neil and they should all just go bury the body because that's how you beat this. Maybe let Kristen go, and uh, mm. you know, because you have to get Freddie buried in hollow ground. Otherwise, if you, if you guys fail, you all fail. I honestly think it might have been a mistake for Nancy to go back and go into the dream because Nancy's gonna die because of that. That's fair, and I guess it depends on where you see her priorities. Sure, um, that's been talked about before on the podcast. Where if your priorities are not in your own survival, then exactly you can. You can bend the rules a little bit. And that's definitely the case for now, Nancy. Now, if you're looking at just your own survival, like you want to survive this, screw everyone else, cut ties with everyone mm-hmm. else, which is the right move. Yep. Um, you don't know these people. Yes, you can relate to them very well yep. because they're basically you. You, your, your move is to try to get your dad to, yep. to go. Yeah. So, yeah, the question is priority. And we... What we're trying to do is, here's how you survive the horror movie. That's yep. our goal. Yep. So I, I totally understand why Nancy does what she does. It's she, She's a well-written character. Her motivations make sense. I get it. It's a bad move for her survival because Nancy will die because of this. And to be fair, I don't know how much faster they would have been able to sure. find Fred and bury him. Sure. Um, but, yeah. Another hand couldn't help in that fight against Skeleton Freddy. Probably not. <laughs> uh, odds are, probably not. Yeah. But yeah, they probably didn't need to dig as big of a hole. Sure. <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, who knows? We're playing real loose here. Yeah. But, you know, it's it's something to consider. I, I do think this is the wrong move for Nancy and just in terms of pure survival. Yep. Abandoning these kids, maybe. It's a dick move, but... But you're not fully abandoning them. You're, you have their, you yeah. still have their interests yeah. uh, in mind. You have long-term safety in mind instead yep. of just the short-term, like, I can help. Who knows how much you can help? Yeah. A um, little bit. That's it. But they do split up. And Neil goes back to Donald and grabs him. Is like, no, you're gonna fucking help me right now. It's like, okay. <laughs> Just kind of like picks it up, throws him against yeah. the wall. It's like, we're going. Mm-hmm. We're gonna save. We're gonna save these kids. Kristen's walking in circles around this room, trying not to fall asleep. So good for her. She's not giving in. She's you're trying. sedated, but you know, <laughs> it's she, not yeah, gonna. It's not gonna last long. But you know, the, every second counts. Yep. That's, that's what I really like these characters is the, it's, they're really just biding time. They're yep. just trying to hold off. And they I, know I their like situation. That. A war of attrition here. Neil and Donald, they stop at this church and Neil goes inside to lock and load, rule number five. And he gets himself a cross and some holy water. Great. Sure. You got to know your enemy. And sometimes guns aren't the lock and loading you need. You know, if you're fighting a vampire, you get a steak, you get some garlic. If you're Freddy Krueger, you get holy water and a, and a cross. You know, whatever. Apparently. Silver bullets for rules. Know your enemy. So Nancy arrives at the hospital. And she gets stopped by Max and won't let her go see Kristen. But she get, does get in to see Will, Kincaid, and Taryn. While Donald and Neil arrive at the junkyard, which is where Freddy's body is hidden. But Nancy and the others, they agree, hey, let's do this. Let's go save Kristen. We'll last longer if we do this together. Which is a fair point. If, if you want to, if you're all trying to make it out of this, you know, again, maybe you should not go into the stream and just, just like hope the others can finish it off. Mm-hmm. But if you want to do this as a team, you're better off all going in together. So there, there is a school of thought here. I I'm think. okay with them doing it yeah. because they're pretty much screwed. Yeah, they're trapped in this hospital. 
So I, I'm way more okay with the kids going in. Yep, for sure. And at this point, might as well just go in to Nancy. Maybe if you have five against one, you have better odds. Kind of going back to Nancy's like motivation and everything, she shouldn't be here in the first place. Right. We, we established that. If you end up looking at it, she didn't, other than like one very specific thing, she didn't really help here. During the entire thing. She did save Joey's life. Yeah, and that was the one thing. Yeah. That, but that's all. Yeah. she She's kind of like the Nick Fury in the Avengers, where she doesn't really have much powers herself, but she assembles the team. Ah, yes. So she is the Nick Fury of the Dream Warriors. All right, yeah. I, I can, talk I can to dig you, it. I want to talk to you about the Dream Warriors initiative. <laughs> so they all wake up inside, you know, the, okay, so we have Nancy, we have Kincaid, we have Will, Taryn, and Kristen. They're all together now, because they're wearing the Dream. And Freddy starts slashing through the walls and somehow magically separates them all. This was weird. Yeah. So they all get split up, but it wasn't their fault. Nope. So. Um, but I mean, that those are the rules you play with when you try to go in the dream world. Yeah. Freddy has so much Stonehenge magic bullshit. What can he do? So Kristen wakes up in her room at the beginning of the movie. And... This is so weird. Yep. Her mom's here telling her to go to bed. And then all of a sudden Freddy shows up and cuts her mom's head off. Very funny. Does that mean <laughs> that her mom dies in real life? No. Because she wasn't in the dream. But Kristen's like, oh, shit, time to fight. And she's, like, acrobatting around the room and fucking dives straight out a window. I loved it. She's yeah. like, I'm out of here. Rule 11, get out. <laughs> Bye. But she lands in Freddy, there, the, she lands in the Elm Street house, the creepy house. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, shit. <laughs> Taryn is also in the Elm Street house, and she hears, like, Kristen calling for help. But Taryn gets trapped in this old dingy alley that she used to do drugs in. Freddy shows up, and they have a brief fight, and they both get stabbed. Freddy's hurt, and it probably wouldn't have done anything, but Taryn, you had the opportunity to go in and stab him again. Yeah, it was so weird, because Freddy, like, actually acted hurt. Yep. Because he's fake acted hurt before. Oh, yeah. Um, And then just, like, bounced back and been like, aha, just kidding, you can't hurt me. This time, it's it, for some reason, it seemed like he was actually hurt. So. And I don't think he was. I think it was a fake hurt. I think it was just to, like, to fuck with Taryn. Probably. But if I'm Taryn in that spot, I'm like, stabby, stabby, stabby. Yeah, just keep going while you Rule can. Rule six, double tap. Yeah. Keep going. You need to quadruple... Eight times, 50 times, tap yep. him. And it, again, it wasn't going to work. It yeah. wasn't going to. But, but maybe it'll buy you time. It might buy you time. But Freddy, like, kind of messes with her. And he makes all the, the needle marks on her arms kind of come to life. Mm-hmm. And make, like, weird... They're they're gross. They're, like... I don't even know how to describe them. They're, like, suction cups. Yeah, like, mouth sub- suction cup yeah. type things. It's, it's, it's unsettling. Yeah, it was... Yeah. And then Freddy transforms his finger knives into needle knives filled with drugs. Don't Sur- know syringes. Syringes. Or yeah, needle knives. Needle knives. Needle knives. <laughs> yeah, he transforms his finger knives into syringes filled with some drug, and he injects her with him, and she has an overdose and dies. Which this is just weird just because it's how? <laughs> yeah. But sure. Um, how does she die from... I mean, like, I get, like, if you would actually be ejected like that, like, yes, overdose. Rip. Um, But where did he get any of this? I don't... I don't... Stonehenge magic bullshit. Yep. Just going with it. So even with that double tap that we suggested for Taryn, she needed to like finish him off. It wouldn't have saved her. Yeah. Might have bought her a little bit more time to survive, maybe. But again, Taryn was pretty screwed. She's pretty screwed. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if there's anything with... I mean, she got split up, but that not was her not her fault. Um, she couldn't really get out. Basically, the only way to get out would be not to go in the dream in the first place. But, again, um, but we already addressed that. So no, this is it seemed like her best option at the time yeah. for all the kids. I don't fault them at all for going in. So basically, we've had no mistakes for anybody who's died. Yeah, the the best thing that I can think of is one, she's actually in the situation is to stab him as many times as possible, and then 
run, bitch, run. Yep. Yep. <laughs> no, you're screwed. Yep. <laughs> right. So Will finds himself down in the basement in this kind of long tunnel, and he gets trapped between a giant killer wheelchair and Freddy. At first, Will gets injured by the wheelchair, but he, he mostly dives out of the way, but he does get hurt a little bit, but he takes on his wizard persona. Well, well, and when he got hit by the by the chair, it seemed like he was like paralyzed again. Yeah, and, and maybe he was. It, it was a little unclear. Yeah. But Will takes on his per- wizard persona and stands back like, up. And I am whatever. I am the wizard master. I am the wizard master. And it just blows the wheelchair to kingdom <laughs> come. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I was I was excited for this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, we're doing something yeah. finally. Be- well, because this is what this is basically, it, and and this goes for like everybody because they're all kind of assuming their powers. But like, this is what you do. Like, if you realize that you're in a dream, have fun. Yep. Basically, do whatever the hell you want because you're in a dream. Yep. Like, have magical superpowers. Fly around if you really want to. Yep. Like, go nuts. Who cares? Man, I would love like a modern day remake of this one. Like where they just go nuts with like the dream powers. They could do some really cool stuff. Oh, the effects and everything. Yeah, yeah that'd like, be cool. Like modern day Nightmare on Elm Street three. Mm-hmm. He's using like lightning fingers to like blast Freddy. Something. And then Will makes a mistake. And I'm gonna add a new rule to this. Mm. Keep your distance. If you are attacking your killer with a ranged weapon. Oh yes. So you stay back. Will has ranged lightning abilities, and then he decides to run up and get nice and close. And Freddy just stands up, grabs him by the throat, and stabs him with the figures. Now there is the there is a theory where like, and it's different with ranged weapons. Um, but there's a theory where like, if you have a weapon and you are attacking someone with it, the closer that you get, the more powerful yeah. that weapon might be. No idea what wizard magic power what the what the strength is when you're far away versus close i assume it doesn't change much because in my dreams when i use wizard magic or magic wizard powers the further i get the stronger exactly <laughs> so there's a way to logic around it but will oh will, yeah we got sure. too close and freddie manages to stab him and that kills will so new rule rule number 40 is keep your distance i like it so that's the end of Will, and that's his real only mistake. It's a brand new rule. Kristen and Nancy find each other, and then they find Kincaid, and then they find a magic floating door, and they go in, which leads to the boiler room. Why not? I mean, you're this far in, you might as well. Yeah, you might as well just go take him on. They're what? trying to save Joey. Yeah, once you see that where it goes down to, it's like, yep, this is the path. Here's an option. What if they just stood there and were like, let's just buy a little time. Just chill. I'm sure. Uh, a few Honestly, s- that's not that's not a terrible strategy. Uh, now I'm sure if they did that, Freddie would open like a trap door underneath him. They'd all fall in anyway. But yeah. it's something to consider. Yeah, you might buy a couple minutes. Yep, every second counts. Neil and Donald arrive at the place, this clearing in this junkyard, and Freddie's body's in the trunk of this Cadillac, and with these big fins on the back. It's a pretty cool car. And Donald's like, I'm just gonna leave, but Neil takes the keys, and he so he can't leave. So, Nancy, Kincaid, and Kristen find Joey and Freddy. Nancy's like, let him go, Kruger. And Freddy's like, your wish is my command. And starts to drop him down the fire pit. Cuts, a, cuts one tongue at a time. Yep. But Kincaid and Nancy manage to get over there and, and pull Joey out in the nick of time while Kristen is fighting Freddy. With their acrobats. Yep. And Kincaid hits him with a pipe. Nancy impales him on a metal rebar thing. Locking and loading. They're fighting. They're doing their best. But Freddy is way too strong because with every soul he collects, he gets stronger. And he cuts his shirt off and he's got like faces of mm-hmm. the, the kids he's killed in his flesh. Yeah, because Nancy, Nancy makes a specific comment on he seems stronger than Before. he used to be. Yeah, He's killed more people. He's gotten stronger. Collecting all the Elm Street souls. Yep. But Freddy senses something's wrong in the real world and he vanishes. Just gone. And then in the real world, in the junkyard. Yeah. The highlight of the movie. Donald hears something. 
and all the cars start starting up. All these cars are dead. It's a junkyard, but they all start starting up. And Freddy's bones stand up, come to life in like stop motion effects. It's amazing. It looks like Jason the Argonauts kind of stuff. Sure. It's just fantastic. And the Neil and uh, Donald have to fight Freddy Skeleton. Did you have thoughts on this, Josh? I had many thoughts, but I have no idea what those thoughts were, honestly. <laughs> I was just watching. I'm like, why? Why is it a skeleton? Why isn't it Freddy? Why is this happening at all? Because it's fun. Have a little How fun. is it happening at all? We've seen Freddy in the real world before, in the first movie. And he was whole. Stonehenge he magic He is stronger now because bullshit. he's collected more souls. Yep, Stonehenge magic bullshit. Why is he a skeleton? Why not? And he still brought his fingers. Well, yep. I, I, I got no answers for you. <laughs> I, I have nothing. No, that's fantastic. Freddy warps reality. Apparently. Calvin Ball rules. Donald tries to fight with like a pipe, but it's no good. Freddy impales him on the fin of one of the Cadillacs. So Donald's dead. Yep. I guess the question for Donald probably is he, he honestly probably shouldn't have gone to the junkyard in the first place. You know, I know Neil kind of made him, but he probably shouldn't have gone. He should punch Neil in the face and just be like, no, I'm not helping. Yeah, you have to look at it as, is he in danger? Because it seems like he's not. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that once Freddy is done with the kids, that he won't come for any remaining adults. Yeah. So, he might not be in danger now, but I think that he doesn't really have much choice. I'm okay with him being at the junkyard to try to end all this. The only thing I have for him, basically, is learn from past events, maybe. Yeah, when you burned him. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't, I don't really know um, what to what to say for Donald. The only thing is, um, you could have buried him faster. <laughs> I think he should have realized he was in a horror movie sooner. Like, yeah, it's kind of like a last minute thing. I mean, I, you should always be in a horror movie. Yeah, so I don't know. Either he shouldn't have gone with, or he should have just been better prepared because he he just he just didn't want to be there. I don't know. I mean, because he was just taken along, basically. And yeah. At that point, you're just an extra body looking to be killed. <laughs> yeah, I guess for him, don't be a good Samaritan. If anything, maybe like it. maybe I think that's probably the closest thing we have. A little bit of a stretch, but sorry, Dad. <laughs> Rip. Whatever your name was, a Donald. Donald. And then Freddie knocks Neil out with a shovel. Now this is a mistake on Freddie's part. Huge, huge mistake. He needed to double tap. You know, no half measures. Which um, is which is so weird because he never takes half measures. Yeah, I mean he likes to toy with his victims. But rule number twenty nine is no half measures. No more half measures, Walter. And he needs to kill Neil here. Neil yeah. has to die. And he fails completely. This is the biggest mistake of the movie. Oh, absolutely. I I think this is the biggest... Wow, I didn't even realize it until just this moment. Like, this is the big mistake of the movie until... There's one other one at the very end that we can talk about. Mm -hmm. But this is really bad for Freddy. Because if he had killed Neil here, Freddy wins. It's over. Mm -hmm. Everyone else dies. (laughs) Yep. Uh, Nancy's group, they enter this hall of mirrors. And they have Joey with them now. And Freddy appears in all the mirrors and attacks them and drags Neil, Kristen, and or drags Nancy, Kristen, and Kincaid off into these mirrors. And Joey finally finds his power and he he shouts and he's got like a sonic voice which shatters all the mirrors and saves everybody. Pretty cool. Yeah. At this point, this is so stupid. Nancy's like, it's over. He's gone. This that I oh man, this made me so mad just because like the second that she said it, it's like, have you learned nothing? Rule number thirty three: never assume you're safe. Learn from past events. Yeah, rule number 21, learn from past events. No, it's not over yet. Are you you kidding me, Nancy? You're better than this. This this is such a knock on her character. This is really bad. Because it it doesn't play anything in line with what she usually does. No, this is is the worst part of the movie right here, I think. Yeah. And And, then... And not even, like, worse for, like, like her character. It was just, like, 
getting more into like the review side of yeah. the movie like this is just like sloppy the, writing yeah it's very sloppy you could have pulled this off so much better like there's such a better way to do this yeah but the ghost apparently of donald her father shows up to tell her i've, I've passed on nancy I'm, I'm so sorry and why why are you passing on to do a dream <laughs> and i'm so sorry and they hug but never assume you're safe nancy because it's actually freddie in disguise and he stabs her viciously like yeah. brutally fatally turns out yeah the door slams shut uh, joey and kikate are trapped outside and it's nancy a wounded nancy and Kristen versus freddy three of them fight nancy stabs freddy with his own glove which is pretty cool mm -hmm. but then in the real world neil wakes back up buries freddy with holy water and a cross and causes freddy to disintegrate in the dream yep pretty cool lord voldemort style yeah very much chamber of the secrets um voldemort style i like it so great for Neil. Neil did a great job. Yeah, good job. But Nancy dies from her injuries, and it kills me because Nancy was so good all the way up to like the last two minutes. Yeah, where she fails to remember past events, and she she assumes she's safe when she's not, and basically lowers her guard right in the gut. No reason why she should have. Absolutely no reason. Nope. I mean, because if even if you use logic, like maybe your dad died, you don't know. Yep. You don't know what's happening up there. But even if he did die, and Pass on to the other side, as he said. What is he doing in a dream? Yep. Stonehenge well, magic bullshit. I, I mean, I mean, a lot of other stuff doesn't make sense. I get that. So, like, you can throw logic out the window yep. and be like, oh, yeah. yeah. Dream is the other side or whatever. In terms of structure of dream world and all this, all this stuff, there's a lot that doesn't make a lot of sense. But in terms of characters and what they've done, everything has made sense up to this point. And that's the important thing in horror movies, I think. Mm -hmm. As long as what the characters are doing makes sense, you're good. And we lose that here. Yeah. It's kind of a bummer. Biggest knock on the movie. Yeah, agreed. So Neil, Kristen, Kincaid, and Joey, they all attend Nancy's funeral. And Neil sees Mary Helena there and follows her to the gravestone of Amanda Kruger. She was Amanda all along and a ghost. Ooh, and another girl like there was no huge reveal with this it was just like he turned the corner and like saw the name it was just like okay this will come up again though yep this will be addressed in the fifth one. Oh, okay and then finally the last thing in the movie is neil's asleep is his place the model house that Kristen built is nearby and a light turns on in the model house Whoa. and that is the end of a nightmare on Elm street three dream warriors we have one new rule we added rule number 40 we did it we got to rule number 40 and that's keep your distance. Josh, like that rule? I like it. I'm glad I could be a part of a new rule. Yes, it's been the first. It's the first in a while. That's what happens when you bring me back on. Mm-hmm. We get some gold. I'll have to bring you on more often. Damn right. So that just means you have to watch more terrible horror movies. Yay! Uh, so let's get into these awards. First, we have the Randy Meeks Merit Badge, which goes to the character who did the best job at following the rules. Based off Randy from Scream, who created his own list of rules, kind of the inspiration for this podcast. There are certain rules that one must abide by in order to successfully survive a horror movie. So who did the best job at following these rules? Now, interestingly, Nancy won in the first movie. Spoiler alert, she's not winning this time. No repeat winner. No repeat winner. She was close. I mean, I, I, I think you would be able to give it to Nancy if, if, you, if, you the, if you cut the end of the movie out. Yeah. That, yeah, that's one of the biggest crashes of Burns I've seen. Yep. Now, I like a lot of the characters in these movies. All these kids are pretty solid. They make maybe one mistake a piece, tops. Mm -hmm. um, to be fair, they also don't really do a whole lot. Yeah. By, by like, as yes. in, like, the rules. They're, they're just basically holding out for as long as they can. Yep. 
So I think the person who who comes around the most and does ultimately the most is Dr. Neil Gordon. You think so? He ends up locking and loading. He's the one who buries Freddy and saves everybody who's still alive at this point. He goes on the more important mission than Nancy. He does take a little bit to come around, but, you know, he does come around. He does the hypnosil thing. It takes, yeah, like at the very beginning of the movie, it takes him a little bit, but once he's in, he's in. Mm -hmm. And... I think he does a really solid job, especially with what he's given to work with. You know, he gets fired, and I don't hold it against people who fired him, but he continues to keep fighting, and he doesn't put himself in the most dangerous situation. He doesn't go in the dream. He stays in the real world. Yeah. Just smart. So He does go in the dream once, yes. but that was more experimental yeah, than anything. Yeah, that was to test everything out. I, I think he is really, really solid. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I was thinking he was right on, uh, right on par with, like, all the kids, and that's where I was having trouble thinking of who might actually end up being the best. But after you laid out all those different rules, uh, I could get on board with, with Dr. Neil. And he lives. That helps and, and he lives. That um, helps. I mean, because I, I was going to toss out, like, just, like, people like, I don't know, basically any of the surviving kids. Well, um, Joey's captured for a big chunk of the movie, so we can't give it to yeah. him. Kristen's um, really good, too. Kristen's yeah, also I was, really Yeah, I was saying Kristen and Kincaid were both yeah. fairly good. I just Kincaid Neil, didn't really do much. But, Kincaid didn't do a whole lot, but they were both solid. Yeah. Um, I just think Neil did more. And you're right. I th- yeah, I think you're right. So, uh, Dr. Neil Gordon is the winner of the Randy Meeks Merit Badge. Yay! So now we go into the Night of the Living Pleb Award, which goes to the character who did the worst job at following the rules. And this is based off Barbara from Night of the Living Dead, the worst character of all time. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Stop it! You're ignorant! They're coming for you, Barbara. I think there's really two options here. Unfortunately, one of them is Nancy. Because she tanks so hard in those last two minutes with assuming she's safe, lowering her guard, forgetting past events that yet Freddy can come back. She's done this before, mm-hmm. and she like forgets all of that and gets killed for it. The thing that's saving her is the first 98% of the movie, she's yeah. incredible. She's, and, and yeah, she's not just like fine. Yep. She's very, very, very good. Yes. The entire movie up till the end. Yeah, it's basically one mistake just wrecked everything for her, but she's so good for the first chunk. Mm-hmm. The other person I want to throw out there is Freddy Krueger. Oh, all right. Yeah. Because, in my opinion, he makes the biggest single mistake of the movie. And that is not killing Dr. Neil Gordon when he has the chance. He, he has the chance to double tap. Neil's unconscious. He can finish this off. No half measures. Had he done that, Freddy wins. Everyone else dies. Mm-hmm. He fails to do it. Freddy gets killed or whatever. Quote, unquote. I, I'm assuming he doesn't die. There's more Nightmare on Elm Street movies. Shocker. Which we didn't even go over that in the podcast. Like what Freddy did wrong. At the end. Well, we, we usually don't with the killers, but again, yeah. this is this is ultimately what Freddy did wrong. It's like he was he likes to toy with them, and that's fine. But when somebody is close to defeating you, you just have to yeah. finish them off. Take your shot, double tap, all that jazz. So I leave it kind of to you, Josh. What do you think? Who who did the worst job at following the rules? On another note, Freddy's also a menace. <laughs> Shocker. Rule number four: Don't be a menace. So just to make sure, there's no options with anyone else because. Uh, you can't with most of the kids. You can't. Yeah. And then the only other ones would be like the dad, essentially. Yeah, and he just, just and he's there. he's just nothingness. Basically. Yeah, he's just kind of there. Yeah. Between the two, let's see. I think with how much positive. I mean, okay. So if you if you look at the uh, the other award, the good good award, mm-hmm. Randy Meeks Merit Badge, you could almost nominate Nancy. You could for it, but we're neutralizing it with how bad it was at the end. Mm-hmm. When you're looking at Night of the Living Pleb Award, I think you can do the same. And what you want to nominate her for it, I think you can neutralize it with how much good she did. She does save a lot of lives with her work. Yep. 
she made some bad decisions yep. um and they ended up getting her killed and who knows what could have happened if she didn't make those decisions yeah she still very well could have died by mm-hmm. not making any of those other decisions so it's hard to know but i think in all i would be okay with a freddy krueger Okay, cool. I wanted to leave it to you because I'm very biased. Yeah. Because I just don't want to give it to Nancy so bad. Mm-hmm. But if you want to give it to Freddie, I don't. I don't think you're able to give it to Nancy okay. in this situation. I I wouldn't feel right giving it to Nancy with how much good she did. Okay. I, I wouldn't just wouldn't either, feel right. But I just wanted to take my bias out of the equation. That's fair. So okay, Josh. This is Josh who decided this. I will second it. Freddy Krueger is the Night of the Living Pleb, and he's not so living anymore. Question mark. Come back. Question mark. I don't know. This God. is interesting. He's going to kill you in your sleep tonight. Well, well, you know, I regret nothing. Okay. That was fun. That was a good one, Josh. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah, that was that was some good conversation there. So now is the time of the night where you get to reserve yourself a movie if you want to come back on the podcast. <sighs> Oof. Yeah. Is there So there is tie-in with the fourth movie. Yes. From the third movie. Yeah, a bunch of the characters come back. And you're saying it's a very good movie, right? No. Oh, it's bummer. My, out of the nine, I'd have it as my second least favorite. Next two. Five. I think five is worse. Oh, no. Yeah, I think, I think four and five are the two worst ones. It's worse than number two, huh? I think those three are the bottom tier. Four, okay. two, two, four, and five are all the bottom tier. So I think four and five are pretty much on par with two. I just think two is a little more interesting story-wise than four or five. Okay. Sure. I'll do the fourth movie. All right. And I'm now treat four, The Dream Master. Dream Master. We go from the Dream Warriors to the Dream Master. Five is the Dream Child. Ugh. Gross. Oh, yeah. Nightmare on Street 4 has been reserved, and that could be spun on the wheel. It can. now it's time to spin the wheel of spooks. Uh, so here's what we have on here. We have a Nightmare on Elm Street 4, the Dream Master. We have Children of the Corn 3, Urban Harvest. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre 4, Next Generation. Halloween 8, Resurrection. Child's Play 2, Leprechaun 2, Saw 4, Friday the 13th Part 3. Josh, go ahead and spin the wheel. So many great movies. So many. I'm so excited. All right. Children of the Corn 3, mm-hmm. Urban Harvest. That'll be Derek coming back on the podcast for that one. I'm sure he's pumped. You going to harvest some children? Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Okay, well... Thanks for doing that to me. You're welcome. I appreciate you, Josh. You did this to me. Mm, yes. So you can follow us on Twitter at HowToHorror and on Instagram at How to Survive a Horror Movie. Josh, any social media you want to plug? Sure. You can follow me on Twitter or Instagram at jwessler. That's at J-W-E-H-S-E-L-E-R. I have stuff on there, I guess. Yeah, I guess. It's a hard sell. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Josh, thanks for coming on here. I appreciate you doing this. Thanks for having me. All right. Well, this has been the How to Survive a Horror Movie podcast. Stay safe out there. Uh, uh.